Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. Let me fix my hat. Let me fix my hat. There we go. We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We are starting a little bit late tonight. Coach Ed Orgeron met with the media, or and I hate using that term, but met with LSU uh, Nation today and gave an update on the LSU Tigers. We will break that down. I was on my way to practice today to go watch them, but then the rain definitely stopped that. And so instead, I went and got my wife some, uh, was it crumble cookies or whatever? Did a good husbandly duty, and now we're here. So we'll talk about what Coach Joe uh, said today, some tidbits that he said, some injury updates that he had. He did talk about Derek Stingley, Glenn Logan. Derek Stingley, like I said last night, is going to be 100% fine and be ready to go. Ed Orgeron does talk about Derek Stingley moving over to the offensive side of the football. Very interesting. We'll talk about that as well. They have not installed it, but it looks like they will be putting packages in for Derek Stingley this fall. Also, we will talk to Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com. Uh, will be joining us. He's been out at practice every single day. I'm going to ask him a lot of questions about what he's seen, what's the best thing that he's seen, maybe something that concerns him, and then obviously we will talk recruiting. And if you have a question for us in the comments, put hashtag ask Blake so guys it helps me if you uh, uh, put in the comments hashtag ask Blake so if you have a question I can go uh, and find it so we got a lot to talk about we got a lot to break down I know a lot of people asked me about Jared Small last night Ed Orsron also confirmed that uh, that he's not a starter but he's going to be in the rotating four so very interesting what do they do with Mike Jones who Mike Jones but before we get started guys as always let's get to a couple of comments and then we'll pay some bills and then we'll get started uh, Red Stick 2020 says, uh, oh, this is from the early ones. Um, yeah, just if you want to go watch Coach Ed Orgeron after the show, you can do that. Just go to LSU Football on Facebook or wherever um, you get your LSU stuff, uh, and you can watch it. Uh, David Singley, uh, Dylan Robert Wade, 
All says, let's go. Charlie Viator, my good friend, Mr. Charlie Viator, how are you, sir? Sends us some stars via Facebook. We appreciate that. Yeah, Devin Stobb says, uh, corn baseball. If you build it, they will come. What an amazing uh, uh, opening to a baseball game. That gave me goosebumps. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely 100% uh, amazing. Um, I did hear that Jared uh, Billiot says, man, Coach O um, said he made a promise to that boy and his parents that he's going to play Landon uh, Jackson at D-line, and that's what he's going to be with first. Um, you got to love Coach O. Yeah, if he makes a promise, guys, he doesn't break it, and it's crazy how people say fire him consistently uh, on their Rudy Pooh shows. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll deep dive into what Ke- Coach Orgeron – this is where we're going to find out the most about camp when the guys put on the pads, Corey Connor having a big day, uh, like you mentioned, but we'll get into that. So let's do this. Let's pay some bills around this thing. We'll talk about some LSU football, get Mike Scarborough in here, and we'll – Continue to cut it up with him, and we'll go from there. But none better than our good friends over at GM Varno & Sons at betonline.ag. Guys, with 63 years of experience, nobody is more equipped to service in your vehicle more than GM Varno & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Break down on the side of the road. They will come and get you if you're in the greater Baton Rouge area. 225-664-9992. Sear that in your memory. 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. And our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Guys, you want to bet on the NFL. Preseason's on the way. Preseason is already taking flight. If you want to bet on LSU football, if you want to bet on who's going to win a national championship or Super Bowl before the season starts, get over there today. BetOnline.ag. Guys, 50% off your first welcome bonus when you sign up. Tell them that your good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino sent you by by doing the AYS podcast. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Uh, Craig Schilling says, and we are live, that we are. Blake Schilling says, D-line is so deep, if I knew he could be effective, I'd move Landon Jackson to tight end. Well, look, Ed has done this multiple times where he's made promises to people. Um, look, uh, Devontae Lee is somebody that comes to mind first off. Look, Devontae it was a guy that wanted to play wide receiver. They gave him a year. He didn't really crack into the starting lineup. They move him over to defense when Bo Pelini gets here, and then DJ Mangus asks him if he wants to move back to wide receiver, and that he does. So, look, Ed has always kept as many promises as he could when he mentions to these individuals and these guys in recruiting. you got to give Ed Orgeron credit when he makes a promise not only to the kid but to the mother and dad uh, that he's going to keep it. Now, I do think that Ellis, you know, I don't know how much faith that, again, it's still my biggest concern. My number one biggest concern about LSU football across the board is the simple fact that LSU does not have really good depth at tight end. They don't have good depth at tight end. Before, let me, let me, while I'm thinking about this, everyone do me a favor. We got started a little bit late. So do me a favor by hitting the like and share. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Share to your social medias. If you're on Facebook, hit the like, share to your social media, share to uh, some groups on Facebook. There's 291 of you that are in here currently, and I, I need all of you to share. So just want to mention that uh, right off the top. But look, that's what makes Ed Orgeron Ed Orgeron, and, and quite honestly, what makes him so damn good in recruiting is because he doesn't break promises. You know, the, the, we remember Ed when he went up to Derrick Brown and 
Big Cat and all those guys, and he walked up to him and he pointed to him and says, I told you you were going to be a first-round pick, kid. I told you you were going to be a first-round pick. You know, that was the kind of stuff in 19 that was celebrated. We had Bill King on uh, from the Bill King Show, the King of College Football, on last night, and I disagree with him on what he said about LSU. But the biggest question around Ed Orgeron locally and nationally is, is can he duplicate what he did in 2017, 18, and 19? I mean, can he have a winning season where he's winning nine and ten football games? Can he do that? Can he get back to a situation where LSU wins 15 games and they win a national title? By the way, if Ed Orgeron wins a national, another national title at LSU, he's the best coach in LSU's history. That's not debate. So I've had a lot of people ask me that question. It's not up for debate. So just making that clear, Ed Orgeron is is who you think he is. He doesn't sugarcoat. He doesn't tell you the uh, uh, lies across the board. A man that's sometimes a little bit too truthful to you, and you ridicule, ridicule him for it. You know, the, the BR media always ask for transparency, but when a man gives them transparency, they act like spoiled little brats and kids, and they're like, I don't know what to do with this. You spoiled little brat. You spoiled little brat. Ed Orgeron told you what you need to know, and instead of, you know, you're not, a- not even asking him football questions, you're asking him political questions. That's what uh, some people were asking him tonight, which is stupid, and we don't talk politics on this damn show. But he is who he is. He doesn't sugarcoat a damn thing for you. Stupid. Uh, Blaine Smith says, Mike Scarborough on tonight. Woo. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo. Uh, Jared Billiot says, going to be fine just to camp Andrew. Yeah, with Derek Stingley. And look, guys, we got to mention this too. Guys like Stingley, guys like Ty Davis-Price, I've been in those locker rooms. I've been in those college football camps. Sometimes you got to let those guys go. Meaning, sometimes you if they're a little nicked up, you don't play them. If it were game tomorrow, Ty Davis Price and Derek Stingley would be matched up. Derek Stingley has to make sure he's healthy for this season. Fantastic freshman year, but he's got to make sure that he's able to do what he can do on uh uh, uh really just being a great defensive back before they worry about offense but they did and here's talking another thing about Ed a promise that he made to singly senior a, a, a promise that he made to junior you're gonna play offense in year three this man doesn't get enough credit for how great of a human being he is stupid ass son of bitches uh, Jamie Hodges says, hashtag Ask Blake Stingley got him a GT500. Yeah, that's a Cobra, isn't it? The Mustang Cobra. It's very nice. Yeah, that it is. And did you see what, like, Walk-Ons is doing? Did you see what BYU, the bar owner uh, from Utah, paying Walk-Ons uh, tuition money so they can go to school? Don't come at me with name, image, and likeness, and NIL is not good for college football. Get the frick out of here with that redneck-ass comment. With that, I'm I'm a 50-year-old man that's taken away from my college football. Stop with that bullshit. Yeah, I'm fired up tonight because I, I see the comments. I see the, you know, the group messages, people making fun of Ed. It's bullshit, man, I, and I'm tired of it. Uh, Philip Rose says, hey, Blake, which freshman wide receiver do you think hits the field first? I love the show. Thanks, Philip. I, I think right now what we would assume, and I don't know if you're – and, Philip, this is a question 
Um, do you characterize um, Do you characterize Jack Pesh as a tight end or a wide receiver? Because if you characterize him as an H-back wide receiver type, then obviously he's going to be the first one that hits the field. Um, to the extent that I think he gets five to seven targets throughout a game. Now, if you're talking just a true wide receiver, again, Ed Orgeron talked about Brian Thomas Jr. again tonight, and a guy that I've been telling you since Saturday on film and on the field has been burning really good DBs. He's put guys like Eli, Eli Ricks in a blender. He's made the safeties not look so hot. And that's not a slight. He's lost some reps. He's won some reps. From a wide receiver, you know, I, I compared him to Terrace Marshall. But the more I keep watching Brian, uh, Brian Thomas Jr., I don't want to put this, this comp on him. He's starting to remind me a little bit from a body, from a height size, um, and, and, and maybe weight of A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green is a better fit than Terrace Marshall because of the strict speed. If you remember A.J. Green at Georgia, he had electric speed. That is who I'm going to characterize him at. You're not supposed to be 6'5", 198, and that damn fast. The last guy we saw that was a freshman that came in and tore shit up I mean, I know he didn't necessarily tear it up at, at Florida State, but a guy with that same height and that same weight is Randy Moss. That's a lot to put on a kid when you say A.J. Green and Randy Moss. What I mean by that, I'm not talking about production. I'm talking about size and weight because if you go look at Randy Moss and you go look at A.J. Green, it's extremely similar, very similar, like scary similar. So for people who say that my takes are shit out there, go look at the height and weight and go look how they run and put them side by side. Uh, Kenny says the same Rudy Pooh that, who wanted Tom Herman. Well, Tom Herman doesn't even have a job. Tom Herman doesn't even have a job. He's a Rudy Pooh. You know, I, I'll never forget if you remember when a recruit picked another school other than Texas, they had the camera inside of Texas's like football uh, ops and Tom Herman's like flipping the bird um, to the camera because the kid picked another school. He was telling the kid to go frick himself. Dorian said, share, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. David Singley Jr. says, would be great, would be great bit, but I think you're saying, but I doubt it would be as good as the first one. Which one are you talking about? Henry says on Facebook Live, is it just me or is Coach O speaking with a swagger confidence comparable to 2019? I think that you're right. Um, not only do I think that you're right, it, it's not about thinking at this point. Right, Henry? Like, it's not even thinking. Like, we're not, if you can't see that at this point, if you can't see that the swag is back, you know, what's that movie? Uh, Stellar Got Her Groove Back? Like, Ed's got his groove back. Ed's got his groove back. And there's no more thinking about that anymore. You, you, you Look, I brought a national guy on last night and told you what he thought about LSU. Now it's time to start rallying around your head coach. It's time to start rallying around these kids that are on this team. It's time to start rallying around the players that are going to make plays. It's time to start rallying around Max Johnson. You know, I got an argument, I say an argument, but a debate today with a fan who still thinks that Miles Brennan should be the starter when he, if he comes back over Max Johnson. That comparison in and of itself is not only Rudy Pooh, but it's not real. It's not in the real world. Miles Brennan isn't here. 
the good thing that I heard from Ed tonight that I think that I'm going to start off with Scarborough uh, when he joins us is, look, Ed saying again that Garrett Nussmeyer making some good plays. One thing that he did say, though, is, well, he, he he's limited to the interceptions. Right, like <laughs> I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to hear that he's got. He's having interceptions. Like I don't want to hear that, Rudy Punis. Couple more. We're gonna get to Mike Scarborough. Blake Schilling says hashtag Ask Blake. Not if I was coach, I was land. If I was landed personally, look. He he made. The, I I see what you're saying, Blake. Um, but the kid wants to pe- play D line. He doesn't want to play tight end. So. Therefore, you if he wants to do it and you recruited him in that, um, you got to let him do it. Uh, Denzel says no one needed proof from Brad Kelly after he went four and eight, uh, but somehow O has to show he can uh, win after one bad pandemic season. Yeah, and they're not in a conference and they're not at LSU. That should tell you what Brian Kelly, not Brad Kelly, but Brian Kelly goes through at, at Notre Dame. And look, they want at, there was a point that um they wanted Brian Kelly out. Stupid. I mean, the kid, the guys made playoffs. You can't get high-ranking recruits in my opinion to Notre Dame with things that are going on. All right, let's do this. I'm going to get to a very quick break. We're bringing Mike Scarborough from tigerbait.com on right after this. We got a lot to get into with my good friend Mike. So, Stay, stay with us. We're going to talk some LSU football and some LSU recruiting, and none better than our good friend, Mr. John Patton, over at GMFS Mortgage. Guys, if you're thinking about buying a new home, saving money the mortgage you have now, or even doing a cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. GMFS has been changing lives since 1999, and John Patton is the guy that's out there killing it. 225-614-1234. That's 225-614-1234. Tell me, good friend, Mr. Blake Rafino sent you on by. If you want to save two, three, four, five hundred dollars on your mortgage, John Patton is the guy to get in touch with. Again, that's two two five six one four one two three four. Tell me, good friend, sent you on by. All right, our good friend, Mr. Mike Scarborough, is joining us. Mike, what's happening, Mike? I got to tell you something. I know you already know this, but I got to make a confession. Practice was canceled, and I went to Crumble Cookies. And I told you I wasn't going to eat one, Mike. But God, dog, is that (laughs) – those things are good, man. I'm just letting you know if LSU's practice is canceled again, I'm probably going to go there again. So are you saying you did end up eating one before you got home? I ate ate a bite of one. The the milk chocolate chip had me rolling. I'm just going to throw that out there. So next time practice is canceled, I got to have one, Mike. They were really good. Well, at least you didn't have to wait in line for, for an hour like most people were doing when they first opened up. I'm just going to go when it rains. I mean, I think it's a it's a great time to go. Anyway, Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com is our guest. We'll let you know, uh, let you guys know everywhere that you can uh, uh, go to his website, subscribe, and everything like that. Mike, I want to start off here. Ed Orgeron, look, Mike, tell me I'm not crazy. Ed's got a swag back, right? Like, I, I mean, the confidence that he's oozing night in and night out when you hear him I'm not going. I'm not losing my mind, am I? Am I? I mean, he's got that edge back that that, that we're seeing, correct? I think so. I, I think there's look, there's something to be said for uh, these coaches having been with each other all summer long, um, having a spring underneath their belt. I mean, I, I feel like I'm always saying the same things about what happened last year, just being an anomaly. That the, the, you know, your your national championship hangover. Um, you're, you're all the opt outs, uh, no uh, spring cut, uh, short, uh, no, uh, 
summer uh, get-togethers, um, uh, kids off campus, uh, kids with COVID, um, injuries. I mean, it was just an absolute mess. Bad hires. Um, I, I just think there's something to be said about how, how eager this team is because of how hungry they are, how embarrassed they were after last season. And I just think um, – I think the new guys have probably uh, brought some uh, infectious enthusiasm with them. And uh, I, I think – I think that's why I think a lot of people are, are, are very are starting to really uh, open their eyes to LSU. There's a lot more people regionally and nationally that are starting to say things about LSU that they weren't saying several months ago. And um, uh, it's not just the local people that are thinking 10 wins is reasonable. Yeah, I mean, my good friend uh, Mike Michael Bratton over at SEC Mike, I mean, he picks him, Mike, to win the SEC West. He talked, and you know, and talking with him, he's talking about the depth and experience, and he thinks, you know, Barrett Saleh, I think is how you say his name, he's got LSU winning the West. So I think a lot of people, when they start looking at this team, they're saying, hey, look, they got a lot of depth, they got a lot of experience, they got a good quarterback returning. That we, you know, Miles has been what he's been, so we'll have to wait and see. We do have some questions already firing in here, Mike, kind of to the same point that we're talking. Uh, Craig asks, is there any similarities about 2021 team and 2019 in practice thus far? Mike, I, I said this on my show this week, ball's not dropping the ground. I was out there with you. We did your show uh, uh, right after practice. Mike, they look smooth. Do, do you see the same as well? I do. I, I just think there's a lot of talent. Certainly, you know, we're given – obviously, you've got multiple new coaches – um, we're, we're assuming that the offensive line is going to be much more improved. It, you got a, a veteran group there. Um, I've never been one that's uh, picked on the running backs because I felt all along when you've got that many bodies there, you're going to have a solution or two or three. Right. Um, so that's never concerned me. I, it, and the same thing goes at wide receiver. While you, some might think you're top heavy with Butte, you know, people aren't talking enough about Coy Moore, Jare Jenkins. Uh, and on and on. I mean, there's just so many bodies there. And, uh, and we're hearing things about Brian Thomas now and uh, Jack Besh, just the time that we're seeing out there, how fantastic he looks. Um, I, I just think, look, th there's um, there's so much talent there. Um, and then there is the question marks. I mean, th there's the doomsday scenario. Max get hurts, gets hurt. There's a doomsday scenario. Uh, if uh, we have one of those famous LSU issues, where someone's missing games and it's a, a undisclosed uh, team, uh, <laughs> you know, situation, right. you know, which we get every year, don't we? And so we're, we're unaware of those right now. Those usually we, we usually find out those uh, week on up. game day, right? Yeah, when, when they're not running out on the field uh, to play. <laughs> so you just don't. Uh, but if everything, if there's a knock on wood, no significant catastrophic injuries between. Now in, in, in the UCLA game, and of course the first scrimmage is on Saturday. Um, I, I'm I'm still sticking with my ten and two prediction. I, I'm not backing off of it. And, th and there was times, but uh, you know, worrying about Miles Brennan not be there as a number two because I, I was thinking Max the whole way, um, and then Rosenthal. But I, I'm not I'm not going to budge off ten and two. And, and I still think if Max goes the whole way. Um, you know, there could be some magical things happen that get you to 11 and 1 or better. And then, then, then those guys that you named earlier are going to look like geniuses. My guy, we got a lot of questions firing in here for you. I'm going to get to them, but I got a couple questions to follow up with that. Then is it, does it make, I'm not saying does it make sense because I know it makes sense. But Ed talks about tonight that they were going to put in packages for Derek Stingley. I know it was a promise. 
Uh, but Mike, they're so stacked there. Like, how, how do you, <laughs> how do you come up with scenarios? I mean, do you put them in the red zone? Do you? I, I, I mean, there's so many questions there. But do you think that that's a? I'm not gonna say smart move. It's just a question mark that I have. What, when when you heard Ed say that today, I guess what was your your reaction to it? Well, and it's, we talked about it on our show last night, uh, and I know you've talked about it before. It, it's um, no, I, I don't, I don't see why you would have Stingley on punt returns. Hmm. I think you've got enough athletes on that football team to get the job done. If it's not Trey Palmer, um, uh, I'm all for uh, Jack Besh or Sage Ryan. Uh, Bash, Jack Besh did it fantastically for St. Thomas More and was an absolute weapon, and he's and he's for sure sure-handed. So, um, could you imagine a tight end doing I, punt return, Mike? Really quickly, I mean, that would be yeah. It's anyway. Continue. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> but of course, you know, I. I you but know, he could do it though. I mean, it's not like he can. I mean, I'm just saying, like, how talented is that kid? That's that's my point though. Like, you got so much depth there. Yeah, I. But as far as being at wide receiver, I mean, I know they promised him, but. Uh, uh, I'm all for I'm all for even just saying that you've got packages for him, and you absolutely don't. You know, I didn't really think about that scenario off the top of my head. You know, like is are you telling are you telling Alabama, hey, we're coming out here with Derek Sting, and he lines up, and then you know, so many people focus on him that you run something else. I guess that was a scenario I didn't really think about because we look, we're Mike, we're only ten minutes out from the press conference. That's interesting, but I feel well, like and, it, and, then, and then it is something that, uh, of course, you know, I don't know what the uh, the history of gadget plays and trick plays have been in the last uh, two decades, but you always seem to use them against Florida. That seems like the game <laughs> that they do theirs and LSU does theirs. Right. So do you plant the seed where you bring in Stingley early in the season for one or two drives or something because you want to put it on film? And then all of a sudden you've got it there for Florida, or you hold it all the way to AM, or maybe you use it in Tuscaloosa. Um, I'm not against any of that. Um, could you imagine, Mike, if could you imagine if they put Stingley in, in some kind of package against UCLA and you gotta you gotta put a package in there because of how great you like that you bring up a great point. You put that package in God forbid the kid runs a wildcat, right? Like maybe he gives it to TDP. I mean, and then all of a sudden, all year long, Mike, you got a you got a game plan for that. So I think it's a good thing. It's just it's crazy to think about um, the depth there. We have a question here, and I know that me and you have talked about this. Uh, it's from Roderick. He says, hashtag Ask Mike, do you think Emory is stepping up, or is Ty Davis Price and him neck and neck? Regardless. It could be in the backfield. Mike, Ed's talked about this a lot, though, right? He said, hey, you two guys get in there. And we thought, I thought at least, Amari Goodwin was looking good. And he says, Corey Connor can't be tackled. Um, those two guys got to step up, though, right? Like, we yeah, got to I mean, put the but, faith on them. There's this, how many times over the last several years have we seen, uh, you know, or last year, uh, and, and then, of course, when they were freshmen, um, you know, where you thought maybe you had an idea of which which of those guys was going to separate themselves from the other, and then the other one asserts themselves. It, they've been neck and neck for so long. It, it, trying to pick a winner between those two is so difficult. Right. Um, and one might be more effective in one game than the other. I don't know. I don't know where you need to have one guy be the, the bell cow. C- continue to do what LSU has done through uh, uh, three coaches, uh, four coaches now. Uh, Donardo, Saban, Miles, and 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 now Orgeron. It's running by commit by committee. I mean, Clyde was the one that was probably utilized the most 
without uh, getting uh, getting spelled a whole lot um, more than any other uh, running back group in, in years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's always been the hallmark of LSU is having three guys that uh, right. carry the load uh, in, in a game. And then LSU running backs after their careers over at LSU have a lot of tread left on the tire. That's true. I mean, look, I don't – Leonard got a lot of carries, but Mike, he got spelled a lot by Geis and others. And look what he's doing in Tampa. I mean, he talks about, you know, if you look at film of him just lifting weights, I mean, Jesus Christ, he's deadlifting like 670 pounds. I mean, it's just like stupid stuff like that. Um, I do want to get on the defensive side before we get into some recruiting because we got a lot of recruiting questions piling up. Mike Jared Small continues to come up. Now, I. I, I've been the guy. I went on a rant last night. If, I don't care if he's a walk on. I don't care if he's a number one, a five star guy. If he can play, Mike, he can play. Like the kids got to see the field. Yeah. If, they, if they have confidence in him, like roll him out there, right? No, and I, and I like it because Blake Baker comes in and he has no preconceived notions about right. who's who, who's he's dealing with, who's uh uh you know put in the time and who has it. He's just looking at talent and who can get the job done. Who knows what they're supposed to do? Where they're line up? what their assignments are, and uh, if, if Small ends up being the guy that uh, gets it done better than everybody else, uh, it doesn't matter to me whether he, he's uh, got some paperwork uh, filed somewhere that's different than everybody else's. Me too. And, look, the good thing is there, Mike, you got a lot of depth. I mean, <laughs> crazy amount of depth there. And, and look, yeah, Mike – Yeah, that was, that, was, that was one of what two or three positions that you were saying was a weak spot. Safety right. was another one. I, I'm not even – there's not a in my mind there isn't a weak spot on defense anywhere unless all of a sudden you have multiple injuries at, at a particular spot. Well, and we talk about that now. Sting, Stingley's out for a little bit. He's going to be back Monday from from Ed, and then you got Dwight McGlutherin. When asked about it last night, Ed kind of shrugged that off. Yeah, he's on a scooter, or whatever. He's going to be back. You know, he's just shrugging it off, and and, and it feels like Mike that. It gives a lot of guys a lot of opportunities to make plays, and we've seen that in the spring. Ricks goes out, then all of a sudden here comes McLaughlin, a guy that's making some buzz, at least on my show every night, is Major Burns. A guy that you you watch come up, a guy that has been in this Louisiana recruiting cycle, goes to Georgia, come back. But, Mike, we got film being released of this kid just making plays all over the field. Maybe even in recruiting, what did you like about Major Burns now that you're seeing translated onto the field? Well, the thing the thing about major is probably some of the things that I also probably didn't like a little bit, you know. But but he yeah. but he because but because he's kind of got that Elias. He's kind of like Elias uh, Eli Ricks. I'm still going to call him Elias. Uh, Eli, he's like Eli Ricks in a lot of ways that he likes to talk trash and and, and do all that. And and but the long limbs, the run, the, the confidence level. Um, you know, he's just a heck of an athlete. And um, uh. I don't like the way that that transpired in, during his recruiting process, and LSU's darn lucky to have him back. Very, and it's crazy the one-year transfer rule. How that happens, you know. There's some rumors out there about Eric Gilbert, and then now you got you know Major Burns now coming to LSU. I mean, it's it's crazy, Mike. How how this this all turns around. And, and look, what that does for LSU beyond just Major Burns and him filling a spot and him being a guy that we think is going to. Uh, be a major asset to the defense. It's also what that does to LSU uh, with Madison Prep, a school that's going to have talent every single year. Got to, you know, there might be a defensive lineman over there you might want. You know, I'm, <laughs> look, I'm just throwing, yeah. I, I'm just throwing that out there, a kid you might want, and very high demand, and very high demand, and that's going to get more and more in the coming weeks. 
Absolutely. Uh, Mike, one thing, and I, I don't know because we really haven't heard a lot about this, and I know that you and Buddy talked about it last night, but something I haven't really heard a lot of, there are three phases of football. Okay, we know what uh, you know. Cade York's going to give you. But, Mike, who who do you think right now is going to be the punter? Look, people can make fun of Alabama and everything that they want to, but you when you got J.K. Scott, you've always had punters that are averaging 48 to 52 yards per punt. Mike, that's flipping field position now. Who do you think can win that position? I know you talked about Avery Atkins before. Do you think that he can win it, or do you think the true freshman is going to be well, able to do I, it? Well, I think because Peyton Todd was so prolific at West Monroe and we hadn't seen Avery Atkins punt, Everybody just assumed it was a, a done deal uh, that Peyton Todd would be the guy. And uh, so I'll say this. If Avery Atkins ends up uh, beating out Peyton Todd, what does that say about his ability as a punter as well as we know what he could do on kickoff returns, uh, uh, on, on kickoffs? So um, uh, L, uh, LSU wins either way. I agree with that. And, I, and look, Avery has been the <laughs> – I mean, Buddy Sanji calls him the best kickoff man in LSU history. So, look. And I think you can't, he's right. I think he's right, too. I mean, make the no, argument, and, and Mike. Because, and because, because he does it every time. I know. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get desensitized to it or you, you're, you're spoiled rotten. You don't even flinch an eye or think it's a big deal. It's almost like the Ferguson brothers. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're your deep snapper for years and years. They never make a mistake. And, and – and, and, so you, you, you take them for granted. And um, and so when, when Buddy says that, it's like, and you think about it, it's like, re I mean, for real. I mean, a lot of those balls go over go over the, over the, the yellow painted fence. Right. Oh, so a lot right. Of them do. <laughs> That's right. Well, and you know, Greg McManus talked about that when he was with the Saints. You know, when a, he talked about when a kicker gets a touchback, the injury rate of the team drops down, Mike, by 20%. Think about that. If a guy's going to kick a touchback, the the injury rate of your team going down, that's another big thing. And obviously, Les, God bless God bless it, man. I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, but, you know, it, it used to be this time of year when we would be talking about, you know, hey, uh, which of the freshmen are going to be, uh, you know, guys that we're going to see earlier? How many true freshmen are going to play? We used to constantly talk about kickoff team, right? Right. And, 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 th and that's where your newcomers would make a mark. Well, you don't make a mark at LSU with Avery Atkins kicking off. No, you don't. I mean, so Peyton no Todd would have to be the guy. Huh? Peyton Todd would have to be the guy if you're going to make the mark there, right? I mean, Peyton Todd, Cade York. I mean, well, Mike, uh, even – I'm talking about I'm talking about your coverage team. Oh, right. Your right, freshman right. athletes that are running downfield to make tackles. Like, uh, I mean, Jarvis Landry in 11. There's, there's no action there for them. Right. I mean, you remember Jarvis Landry in 11. What was it, Auburn, Mike? He had the huge hit and the fumble. I mean, like, that was – you're right. I mean, that was the time that you saw the freshman uh, doing stuff like that. And, and, by the way, that was the time right there where there was actually some debate about Jarvis going to defense. Really? Okay, That's so – Okay, so talk to me about that. So, what, what was that What was that about? I mean – No, because there, there was, the whole thing with Jarvis was anybody who followed him recruiting – you know, there was there was he could have easily have been an all American safety if he wanted to be. No <laughs> could, doubt. Could you imagine moving that man to safety? I mean, seriously though, could you have imagined? With hey and Mike, and here's a crazy thing with that DB core. 
I mean, if you're talking about Tyron, you're talking about uh, uh, you're talking about Claiborne, you're talking about Jalen Collins that got drafted. Reed, could you have imagined him back there? I mean, <laughs> that would have been no, crazy. Because you think about, oh man, what what, what a, a bad trajectory for his career. I don't believe that. I think Jarvis Landry absolutely could have been an All American as a safety. That's crazy, Mike Scarborough from that's Tiger. How, that's how tough because he has a defensive mentality he as does. a receiver. He does. And, look, he can chuck that son of a gun when he's talking about throwing it. I mean, look at what he does in the NFL. I mean, Mike, he threw a ball last year 65 yards. 65 yards in a game. I mean, he took a crow hop and chunked it. I mean, the kid's just an overall athlete, man, which is just crazy. Mike, we do have some some questions in here about recruiting, and I can't find you know, that, that Hold on. That, that makes me also – reminds me of Michael Clayton laying some wood on special teams. Yeah. I mean, we've had some receivers over the years that could absolutely do it. Uh, I think Jamar Chase could do some damage on somebody. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. because of how physical he was. I'm trying to think who else would have. I don't think Jefferson could have done it or Marshall. But I, you're right. I mean, those physical guys, that's funny. I remember Michael Clayton trying, like, laying the wood. And uh, where was he, where did Clayton go to high school again? So, I guarantee you that there's somebody watching your show that remembers which game it was, and I remember where it was a return. But there was a special teams play that Michael Clayton made in his career at LSU that it was like, man, you, you, you when it was over, you wanted to call a chiropractor for, for the other guy. It was bad. <laughs> hey, man, all I'm going to say, chiropractor changed my life. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, Mike, somebody has been asking this, uh, and it's been a constant thing, uh, but there was a number 83 at tight end. Somebody being moved – it seems like Orgeron confirmed that that wasn't Landon Jackson. But Tyler Cormier asked, you know, do we have an update? Because there's been like this secret little rumor about number 83 moving over to tight end. Do you have any update or anything on that? No, uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, we do have but some. I, but, now, but now you've got me wondering who that might be. I remember that you and Buddy said that you could see a number 83 working with tight ends. And then, uh, you know, a couple of people have mentioned it. And they were thinking it was Landon Jackson because they said it was a tall, uh, a taller kid, but they couldn't confirm uh, who it was. We would have known if we were out of practice today, Mike, with the damn rain. You know, who would have known? Uh, Mike, let's get to some recruiting. I can't find this. Um, maybe it was a kid from maybe it was a kid from Mobile. Might be, might be. I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I can't, I can't. He's got the body. He's got the body for it. <laughs> I, I we'll see. Look, we we're gonna definitely see. I just don't I don't know who that is. I'm, yet. I'm just throwing I'm just throwing stuff out there. I I, I, I I'm up to dig for you. All right, uh, Mike, we're getting some recruiting questions on here. Um, look, a lot of people are asking the same question. I mean, we yes, it's been about two weeks since uh, uh, Emory Jones committed. Uh, it's kind of been a little quiet on the recruiting trail. I know that you've had a lot of updates on TigerBait.com. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Is there anybody that you think that could that could potentially uh, commit to LSU soon in twenty two or twenty three? Yeah, I, I, I think that there can be some stuff happen. I know there's some been some talk about Jamon Tap this week um, from Ascension Catholic. Um, I, right, what you're having right now is everybody's just knee deep in football practice, uh, both your co college teams and your high school teams. Um, but and that's why. So this is also the time of year where a lot of recruiting analysts, regional and national, will actually take vacations because mm -hmm. it, this is this is a slow spot. 
So do you think, Mike, um, you know, because high school football is about to be around the corner, could you see a couple of months of it being a little quiet on the, on the LSU trail? And- no. Okay. I, I think there's going to be some action before the first high school weekend, the, the week of the L- UCLA game, which would be the start of uh, high school. I think there could be something there, and if not, the following week um, or both. A lot of people have asked about Jacoby Matthews. Now, Mike, we know that he went to Texas A&M. I know that you've talked about it, but just for our listeners, uh, they, they've heard what I've had to say, but you, you cover recruiting better than anybody. Um, are you having a little bit of confidence that Jacoby might make his way back in this class? I do. I do. Um, but, you know, we're, we're in, a, in, a, in a strange new world with uh, the way things are, are transpiring with name, image, and likeness, and uh, we're going to have to wait to see how some of this plays out. And it's going to get even more interesting once the college football season starts and there's home football games and guys are going on unofficial and official visits. Um, You know, I think there's a whole lot of people out there that uh, see the NIL deal and they're going above and beyond what's actually is a part of that whole thing. And um, it's it's um, it, it is the wild, wild west. But I think some people are trying to make it wilder than it's supposed to be. I want to stick on there for just a second and get your opinion on this. We saw B, the uh, BYU sponsor paying for the walk-ons, okay, paying all their tuition today. We saw uh, Brandon Landry kind of doing some of the same. Mike, there are rules and regulations per states in name, image, and likeness, but they don't have a penalty or fine associated with a lot of those states. There's no real action that can be taken in criminal court or civil court currently with that going on. So, Mike, my question is, what do you – so if someone breaks a rule, so to speak, what the frick do you do? You're not going to – who are you going to take to court? Is LSU going to sue Texas A&M for something? Or is it going to be vice versa? Then what court is it in? I mean, yeah, what, I, what do you do there? I, I don't know. I mean, are, are you going to see it – I think we're going to see some crazy stuff. We're going to hear stories. There's going to get stuff confirmed. Uh, it, it, it's And then, like you said, the NCA has no teeth. You know, the only thing they can do now is is, uh, is really officiate and, and, and uh, watch you if you're uh, uh, contacting recruits in a dead period. I mean, because this NIL thing just ch- changes everything. I mean, um I think we're going to see some strange scenarios that we can't even think of right now. Uh, Mike, the walk-on thing, people are calling me crazy. But, again, I've made this scenario before. I think it's going to happen, Mike. Imagine you have a class where you got your 25 scholarship limit done with or you're close up on it. Mike, what if you've got a walk-on and and hypothetically – Hypothetically, AYS wants to sponsor the kid and give him tuition and and pay him stuff. I mean, the, the sky's the limit on this one, right? Like the, the days of the numbers are done with. I mean, twenty five is over with in, in some aspects, right? Well, the, the problem with the walk on deal is, and 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 I, and I would need to brush up on that. The reason why I don't think that works is because with walk ons, they have certain dates where they can actually show up and be a part of your program. Uh, they have limited access to the nutritional center. There's all sorts of things that don't apply to walk-ons that applies to full scholarship players. Do you think they'll change it? And then it's also a deal where at some point, if they're it, depending on how many, you know, uh, they're probably gonna have to beef up a lot of those beef up a lot of those rules because 
you, you can't all of a sudden be playing that walk-on game and, and like Nebraska uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> right, like Bear Bryant. You know, hey, kid, you're on the swimming scholarship. I mean, I, I just think, Mike, if there's a will, there's a way. You know, I've, I've, and I might, I'm, I could be wrong there, but I feel like if, you know, Ed Orgeron, Nick Saban, all these great recruiters are going to find a way to do it, but uh, I might be crazy. All right, we do have – this has been an ongoing thing, Mike, for two weeks in my chat. But Henry Pugh asked, <laughs> asked Mike, what's our chances on Harold Perkins and his uncle? Everybody want, doesn't just want Harold Perkins. They want the uncle to commit too. But how is your confidence on Harold Perkins? So, so uh, the, uncle, the uncle has become a, uh, a folk hero? A folk hero. It's it, Every night, everybody, somebody's talking about his uncle. They want him to commit. They want him to sign a national letter of intent. It's been crazy, but let's talk about Harold Perkins. I, I like the glass. I like the glass he was holding in the video. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like. Was that LSU before or after twelve o'clock? Harold Perkins. What's that? Was that before or after twelve o'clock in Texas? I mean, I'm just. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did look like a nice spot, a nice balcony. Balcony. I'll give Texas saying and that. I agree. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think um, LSU's in a good spot for Harold Perkins. Obviously, Texas and A&M's battling there. Um, but uh, that's one that Blake Baker's is really forged a strong relationship with in, in, in recent and in, in all the months he's been here. Mike, I, I've, I've said this in my because I'm not someone who follows and, and does recruiting like you, but I do have something. I'll, I'll, last question, I'll get you out of here. You've been fantastic as always. Do you see uh, – look, I don't want to put this label on this this past class, but everything that we're seeing, this past class, number one, it's a two-part question. Do you think that this last class was the best that Ed has had from top to bottom? And number two, do you think that that the role in recruiting, this snowball effect that they're having right now with all the great talent in the state – do you think that this is going to stop anytime soon with how great these classes and, and, and the talent in the state's been? Um, well, like, like right now, I'm starting to wonder. There's a few positions that I'm wondering if if, uh, if the gravy train might be having a little gap in the next couple of years. There's a couple of positions that I want to see for 24 that I'm kind of scratching my head, like why isn't some names popping up? Um, so I, I want to see how that plays out during the football season. But I think with what's left on the board and how special this 22 class is, I think this has the opportunity of being Ed Orgeron's best class. The Walker Howard, Will Campbell, Emery, and, and, and Kobe Matthews, if he, when he gets back in, if he gets back in, and others. Uh, if get Shaz Preston on board, uh, get Kendrick Law, obviously, battling Alabama for him. Oh. Um, you know, you got Armola down in Florida, who I think LSU's got is well positioned for as another offensive lineman. You add that to the group, um, and then I want to see what Coach Davis does. Not only is there maybe some other offensive linemen that come into town for visits in the fall for twenty-two, but I think we're going to see a big number of class of twenty-three kids that make their way to Tiger Stadium for unofficial visits for football games this fall. And I want I want to see what those guys look like and where they're coming from. The fact that you had two kids from Missouri there for boys from the boot, I, I like seeing. And both of them highly touted. Hmm. That's interesting, Mike. That's very interesting. Yeah, and, and, and those were obviously relationships that he was forging while at Arkansas, which mm -hmm. we knew that at some point we would see. You know, guys that he had on his board, and he was forging relationships at Arkansas, and then he would bring and you would add that to the LSU's board. 
All I'm going to say is this. My man Brad Davis can recruit now, Mike, and he can – look, uh-uh. <laughs> if you have – Good productive offensive line recruiting. That that's another part in this. And, and what was it? What it? Uh, I think Will Campbell made a statement to people too. He goes, "Hey man, there was nobody else outside of LSU that recruited me harder than Brad Davis." I told him every week that I wasn't flipping, and he goes, "I'm going to make you flip every week." I mean, it's just crazy what he would say. Uh, but Mike, like always, you've been fantastic. I know that everybody knows that you're you're killing it at Tiger Bait, but they need to go subscribe to everything that you're doing. Tell them where they can go and what they need to do to be a subscriber. Man, thanks for the kind words, and uh, thanks for all you do. And uh, we, by the way, we were supposed to have Blake out there with us today. Well, we were gonna we were on our way to practice this afternoon, and we got the text saying that, that it wouldn't happen. So we were gonna have Blake with us for another uh, instant analysis, and uh, so we hopefully get him out there uh, sometime soon. But um, yeah, go to TigerBait.com, subscribe. We want to have you. $99 a year, uh, choose that package. You basically get three months free when you do that with the annual package. And a lot of the stuff is free as well. Check out our YouTube channel, LSU Tigers on Tiger Bait, and our Facebook page as well. And uh, But go to Tiger Bait, subscribe. We, we, we want to have you as a part of our, of our community. My man, you've been fantastic. As always, we'll talk to you soon, and you have a good night. All right, you too, Blake. Thanks, man. That's Mike Scarborough from TigerBait.com. Always kills it, man. Always kills it. Um... Look, he kind of told you something a little bit without telling you about some LSU recruiting. So what I would say is um, get over there and subscribe. (laughs) If you like LSU recruiting, I would highly suggest you go over there and subscribe to TigerBait.com. Uh, let's get to a couple of these uh, comments before we get on out of here. Episode 300 Saturday, maybe. I'm thinking about it, but then I, I want to do a three episode 300. We'll just do it Saturday, I think. Ryan Tibbetts says, Uncle Park. Yeah, Uncle Park, look, man, he wants his uh, he wants his uh, uh, nephew to come on to the boot. He wants the nephew to come on to the boot. Uh, Tony Weaver, my good friend, he says, hashtag the goats. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Bert Gotro says, Need to get my tiger sister on as a guest speaker. Who's who? Who is that? Tell her to DM me. Tell her to hit hit me with that hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. Lamar Williams says this guy is the goat. Way better than that interview uh, yesterday, guys. I know. Come on. But look, see, here's the thing that you guys gotta gotta come with me. I gotta go nationally sometimes, man. I gotta go nationally. Let me tell you something. Mike is one of the only guys in Baton Rouge um, that cover LSU that gives me the time of day I want to come on. Everybody else gives me excuses. They won't have me on their shows. They've told me that, and I tell them I won't have them on, uh, on mine. If it's going to be like that, you know, look, it's funny about this. It's because you can go see our numbers and go see theirs, and we might be better, you know, have bigger numbers than theirs, and they just get, they get butt hurt. They get butt hurt. It ain't my fault. Hey, my fault, you suck. All right, let's get a couple more. I see some predictions flying up in here. Let me let me say this. I'm going to do this UCLA, UCLA uh, prediction right quick. I, I did put this on Twitter, very, and this is the last thing, and we'll get out of here. I did put this UCLA breakdown on Twitter. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday. But, guys, I, 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 want, I want you to go read this because, there, you know, go and search for it. I, I'll, I'll retweet it. 
I think that there are some things that we got to be aware about with UCLA, right? Like, there are some things that UCLA brings to the table that we need to watch out for. Dar- uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback, guys, he's got some serious wheels. He can throw the football really well. He's got a good, tight spiral when he throws the ball. The problem is he's highly inconsistent at times. He locks down receivers and, and throws it to that lockdown receiver. I think that they use exotic blitzes up front. They use stunts. They use blitzes. They use different types of schemes that you don't like to see if you – which I don't care, and I think LSU's O-line will be fine. But if your O-line's not that great, they will be fine there. On both lines of scrimmage, guys, I watched the game again today uh, uh, when I was going out to eat. And, guys, I'm a, I'm a narcissist when it comes to watching film. It's just, I guess, how it's been beat into me. Their offensive line and defensive line – don't miss assignments. Okay, so what do I mean by this? They're always in the right place. The problem is, is athletically, they're getting their teeth kicked in. They got their teeth kicked in against USC. If USC is better than LSU, then by God, dog, all right then. Then LSU, if they lose that game up front, then I don't know what to tell them. Then they got it, but they're not, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. LSU is not going to lose the game up front to UCLA. Not from the not not from what I saw the film on UCLA and the guys that they have returning. They're coached really well. They do got a big tight end. They like to throw the ball to uh, DTR. Likes to throw the ball out of the backfield to his running backs. He doesn't have explosive wide receivers on the outside. He's got talent there, but he likes throwing it to the tight ends. He likes throwing it to the running backs. Uh, running backs that are are fresh and new. Does he find a way to get the ball out to receivers? I think that this is a winnable game. However, this is what I also don't think. And this isn't a shot. Whoever posted this, I don't even know who posted it yet. Uh, Henry, you know I, I, I'm cool with you. LSU's not going to win 55-17. If they do, though, if they do, LSU can find themselves in a playoff. Uh, if you beat a team that's got some talent like UCLA and you go on the road and do it, I think that you're primed to make a playoff push. If you dominate a team, if you hold UCLA and Chip Kelly to 17 points with the up-tempo that they're going to run – Okay, I, I, look, I'm cool with that. If you score 55 points, I'm cool with that. I would have it more of a 41-24 game, 41-27 game, 41-30 game than I would have anything else. That's what that's what I would do. Sorry, I got a text and wanted to read it. Um, so that's how that that's what my thoughts are on UCLA. That 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 text kind of threw me off for for a loop there. Yeah, I was going to get to this, Stefan, but I think I put too many things on. Um, too many things on. Kevin uh, says 34-21. Um, Edwin says, Blake, get my boy Rob Sanders from Clemson on the show. I would, man, but the last time I went on there, it was a, he basically just ripped LSU for 15 minutes and, and wanted me to rip LSU. So I like, I like Rob, but I'm not going to bring people who are going to come in here and completely rip on LSU that I don't know really well. All right, one more. We're going to get out of here. TJ says, DTR going to be running for the whole game. The LSU D-line going to give him fits. And look, that's fine, but understand that that kid's got some serious wheels. Some serious wheels. That kid can run. That kid can really run. All right, guys, let's get out of here. Episode 300 Saturday morning. Be there.
Episode 300. Be there Saturday morning. All right, guys. We'll see y'all, to, uh, see y'all then. Y'all have a good night. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.